leaning forward against the weight of his cart. Marlon Radley plods his way up to the top of the black hill behind the dwarf. It's a longer and more strenuous walk than he's put himself through in quite a long time, but there's nothing to be done about it. Dewey calls. A few strides ahead, the dwarf catches sight of something and rushes forward, calling back to the old priest. He's still here! We're not too late! Radley only grunts in response. Parasma's shadow hangs over this place. He can see it in the air, and he can hear it in the dwarf's voice. Despite the feigned optimism, it was always too late. Just short of the top of the hill is a grisly sight indeed. The dwarven out of town are young by the look of it, and far too brave, lying dead next to the path. The smell of burnt flesh lingers here stubbornly, wafting out from the body. Mylan sets his cart down next to the body, does the sign of the spiral in the air in front of him, bowing his head. Burned clear through his gut. There was nothing I could have done. You were fools to touch the stuff. But he was mutters the dwarf, bleary-eyed. The old man leans down and picks the dead dwarf's feet up. Never mind your blubbering and help me get him into the cart. Let this serve as a lesson to you. There's a blight under this land, always searching for new ways to creep out. Leave it alone. No good can come from it. The pair head slowly back down the long, spiral path in near silence. They pass only one other traveler on the way down, that foul-smelling out-of-towner. Mylan can't put a name to the face, but he supposes it doesn't matter. This is Pot Against the Machine. Pot Against the Machine. Welcome once again to Pot Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play podcast where literally every fight is very nearly a TPK. I'm Sam, and everyone else on the show is as follows. We're going to start with Jero. I am Jero, and I have one hit point. But how many does Vargas have? (laughs) Uh, Vargas, oddly enough, is full. Uh... I'm not sure when that happened, but yeah, he has full health. That makes one of us. Yeah, dope. Yeah, how about you, Jeff? Who are you? Who am I? I am Jeff, the voice behind Asher Halech and whoever else I'll be playing starting the end of this episode after Asher's inevitable drowning. Who, uh, who are you, Izzy? Hi, I'm Izzy. I play Kira also has one hit point uh, and will, I'm sure, dramatically sacrifice herself as she drags Asher's unconscious body through the water. And uh, this guy here is Zach, who is the voice of Didn't Retreat Once, Brixby Rentail, the melee monster. <laughs> <laughs> the melee monster who did land a shot in one fight last episode, so we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Keeping expectations low. <laughs> so last week we started with a fight against a repair robot that just wanted to help, and Asher put one right in between his eyes, and that was the end of that chapter. 
And then we uh, did some exploring, found some weird six-legged skeletons and some valuable garbage. And then our heroes opened a series of doors and found themselves in a strange ultra-dry desert uh, beyond the last set of metal doors. And they were greeted by a totally innocuous white coral-like rock which proceeded to just about kill everyone. So now that our party has spent all of their healing and uh, we have two party members at one HP and one still unconscious and Brixby, uh, we rejoin the action. <laughs> Brixby the miraculously unharmed. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Brixby is occupying the role of healer in a party devoid of divine healing or healing potions. But back to the fantasy, he turns to his two bloodied companions from the tentacle-laden rock, says, Let's get the hell out of here right now. Agreed. And then scoots his rat butt straight into uh, the last room. Vargas will uh, slowly drag Asher. Actually, no, he's going to ask Kira to help him carry Asher so they can move slightly faster. Kira will do so. Okay, I'm going to take us out of initiative here because this thing is not physically capable of chasing you any further into this cavern. So the danger is essentially past. You are back through the bizarre, illusionary stone wall into the metal passage on the other side, carrying the unconscious form of Asher. Now I assume we're going to make camp in here and, and wait till the water breathing goes out. <laughs> Get back your one HP. Asher, canonically, uh, when he fell unconscious, maintained a death grip on his pistol. Just wanted to make sure that was aired on radio. <laughs> nah, creature has it. It's learning how to use it as we speak. <laughs> uh, so I think once they're out of the room, out of danger, and he um, looks up at the the two folks up, uh, big stuff, junk uh, punch. Is he alive? A heel check. Well, we can see him breathe without a heel check, right? Yeah. Yeah, presumably. He doesn't appear to be currently bleeding out or anything. Yeah. I guess that would have taken a heel check, but... I'll roll one for the heck of it. Why uh, play Pathfinder if you don't roll dice? <laughs> a 14. Yeah, I'm going to say with a 14, you can tell that he is stable. Um, and not in danger of dying at this time. Vargas kind of pats him up. He looks at his horrifying tentacle wounds and he looks stable I'm not sure how well the spell will work on him it should be okay I'm still kind of learning this stuff I think the best thing to do is just try it if it looks like he's going to drown we may have to stay on this side but with any luck we can drag him back through the cavern and get him some real healing back in town um I know Seth seems a bit stretched, but I think the drama of the situation as he gestures at the bloodied party might encourage a, a, a bit more charity. We should try to get him revived before we bring him into the water. Be worried about showing this kind of weakness in front of creatures like those skulks? Do we really think she'd be helpful? Um, they described this corridor 
as death. The fact that all of us have avoided that shows that we are much more worthy adversaries. Plus, uh, pride is a pricey prize to have right now at the expense of our friend. I'm less worried about pride and more worried about them seeing us as prey if we come back bloodied and beaten with an unconscious ally. Ah, uh, well, unless you have makeup in that bag of yours, I don't think there's hiding these bruised cheeks, these black eyes, bloody lips. Kira's been super quiet, um, really, for the last several minutes. But that should be like, if we can help him, we should. And if they can help us, I'll make them. And then says nothing again. Did we know their alignment? Were they lawful evil? Were they? It predisposed towards chaotic evil, although. Chaotic evil, yeah. I knew it was something not great. <laughs> I'm just worried that, like, we're going to show up there and they're going to be like, oh, it's going to be much easier to murder these guys and take all their stuff now that they're already mostly dead. <laughs> yeah, realistically, Kiratok's a big game, but again, one hit point is not get gamble. As I've learned, that's not a lot of hit points. Yeah. Well, how's everybody's bluff skill? To uh, act like we're the rest of us are in good condition, other than <laughs> Asher. Oh my God! Oh well, as long as he's ten feet away from me, we're okay. Bricks, as the most uninjured, would also be willing to represent the party pretty much alone to Seth, mm-hmm. or take somebody with him. We could try to make it seem like we're indisposed, fighting things, or some other reason why a portion of our party isn't there, possibly just in deference to the fact that they only wanted half of us to see Seth the first time. But I mean, I think it's a calculated risk we have to take because it seems like dragging an unconscious body through the amount of water that necessitates water breathing, well, it just seems implausible. I mean, provided that we don't want Asher to die so we can have a cleric in town. (laughs) I mean, just... No. I'm kidding. I love Asher Halick so much. I take that back. Stay with me. And and bear in mind, I don't have anything to do because my character is, is unconscious. What if you put sunglasses on Asher, <laughs> put one arm over uh, Vargas's shoulder, one arm over Kira, talk about how he just got so trashed because we were kicking so much zombie butt and we just weakened at Bernie's our way to channel positive energy. Give it a shot. I'm in. You reminded me when you said about how they only wanted half the party. You and Kira just be like, yeah, no, the other two are staying away like you wanted us to do last time. By the way, here's some uh, shiny batteries. Do you have any more of those potions? <laughs> this is true. They do like junk. They love yeah. junk. I mean... Yeah, and I honestly, this isn't a terrible idea. I would also love to think that if we had revived Asher, we could possibly drag this repair drone out of here. Yeah, if we had four people to pull it. So, Kira, Metal Man has a good idea. Perhaps we go back, see if we can trade some of these shinies for something that could uh, bring Asher back to his feet. Yeah, okay. Let's try. 
Vargas, you'll stay with him. Yes, I'll keep an eye on him. Just like I said, these creatures are... I know they seemed cordial with us, but they tend towards chaotic evil. Try not to show weakness in front of them. Try not to let on that we're as bad off as we are. Yeah, I appreciate that. My people, I mean, the Yasoki have been dealing with skulks and other characters from the Darklands for years. You don't have to trust to make an exchange, but good advice will look strong. Won't be hard for you there, big stuff. And he gently, gingerly, as if to not inflict a hit points of damage worth of padding, pats Kira gently on the knee. <laughs> Don't want to take you down. <laughs> uh, roll an arm strike. <laughs> Two characters unconscious. She like kind of laughed like, haha, yeah, that's funny. Um, Let's go talk to her. Yeah, let's go. Um, maybe let me do the talking. The blood coming out of your mouth when you laugh. Yeah, it's, it's not very convincing that you're well. Is it intimidating? <laughs> it's very metal. For what it's worth. I'll take it. Alright, heading back on over to the other map. You can emerge from the circular metal hatch about five feet off the ground, back down into the cave. Alright, let's head to Sif. Alright, um, the two skulks that are kind of standing guard over her area just sort of nod and, and let you pass. Yeah, you suck. Right. Yes, yes, you suck, you suck. And as you come back into Seth's room, you know, she's sitting on her pile of junk or her throne of garbage, as it were. And she says, ah, you've returned. You suck in very much indeed. More than you know, Seth. More, more than you know. Um, so, I got so excited when I found something beyond that door. You know, in that hallway that you described as deaf and uh, were just incapable of, of passing through that hallway over there. Yeah, well, I found something in it, right? And, and before you ask me what in the world I might be interested in in response to this thing, I can tell you right now. It might be healing, but look at this. And he turns back towards Kira, makes a little like circular motion with his hand, and then holds up three fingers to try to, you know, like give me three disky deuce. Um, but at the same time, looks like they're having some sort of spirited conversation about possibly how much to show. Uh, yeah, Kira will stare at him, just like three circles three rings three oh 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 and and reach in her bag uh yes and maybe not pull out all of them but we'll sift through and grab three um and then i think catching on will be like are you sure all three well uh he's gonna intentionally fail a uh, sleight of hand check to push the other two silver discs behind his back. Say, you see this? Circular. Silver. 
Looks like it's right up your alley, seeing the other things that are wonderful treasures you've collected here. I'd um, be interested to know if you'd be willing to uh, part with anything for one of these that might be able to uh, bolster the vitality of such strong explorers such as ourselves. And she looks at the silver disc you're holding out and blinks several times and says, Didn't I just give you a whole bag of those? Yeah, it was awful the way that we... You know when you get like a, a hot drink or two or three and you just drop them all? It's just a terrible feeling. Like a bag of food? Yeah, we totally wasted those. This... This is a very strange request indeed, but I don't believe we have use for any more of these discs now. If you had something... Something we could use, like a, like a rope or something... Perhaps I could give you something, but... A rope, you say. And, uh, yeah, with that, he will bend back around into his pack, grunting a little bit with effort to twist his considerable body and bulk around, but he will produce a 50-foot silk rope. Now, are you asking for all 50 feet of a silk rope? Well, I I need far more than 50 feet. Are you familiar with... With the Darklands, I would need seven, seven of these to climb back down. Well, I mean, you would only need six after you exchange ample healing for this one, yeah? Or possibly five. I also have some rope, and it's my last, most best rope. <laughs> right, we've got two ropes here of varied materials and it is their last and best rope if we could take this down payment you remember we're not running a charity this is a for-profit operation the name may have charity in the name that that's kind of a marketing gimmick we'll take these as a down payment and when you come back you'll bring 250 more feet of rope all right, yeah, yeah, we will, uh, we will bring 250 feet of rope to you. And I know you're, you're not a charity, but, I mean, since we've been down here, you've done a good job of, uh, pretending to be one. So, uh, we'll make sure to, um, return the favor. But, um, let me just, and he's just kind of reaching his paws out towards the vials. Fingers wiggling. And then she'll, uh, go back through her stuff and, and dig out another vial and hold it out and say this remember 250 feet more rope when you return yes we all suck here we can all trust one another we do we do all suck yes yes if there's one thing that has been proven since we've been down here said everyone absolutely sucks I agree wholeheartedly she'll hand hand over one vial alright that the rope, the 250 feet plus the previous uh, 100 feet, that's all tax deductible because this is a charity or a charity with charity in the name. Uh, the, you'll have to take that up with your local Church of Abadar, uh, whether they recognize Darklands charities. There are some complicated export issues when you're dealing with surface world vis-a-vis sunlight and sure. okay. exchange rates. Right. It's all very complicated. We'll, we'll bring back a receipt. It, what, it won't stand up to an audit, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but you're welcome to try. Thank you. Y- you suck. You suck. 
All right, yeah, we're gonna go back to um what we're doing on the other side of that door, which is certainly not convalescing from mortal wounds. Uh, sounds good. Uh, tell the others they suck as well. Oh, don't worry. I uh, certainly will. <laughs> um, on his way out, he'll uh, finger gun both of the guards. Lefty, righty, you suck, you suck. And then, yes, yes, you suck. Yep, with Pura and so we will come back and administer <laughs> the potion to the now completely inverted Hasherahelic. It seemed appropriate given his condition. <laughs> I guess in my haste, I didn't check to see what sort of uh, level of severity of wounds this cures. Light or moderate, perhaps serious. Uh, this would be another cure moderate. Ooh. Right. Oh, shit. Get less than he's down by. Alrighty. That is a two and five plus three, making that ten total. Ooh. That's lovely. Asher's eyes flutter open. And he coughs and says, What? What happened? Where am I? Welcome back. Thank you, Jump Punch. You're about 40 feet from the site of a glorious battle that you fell in, mate. Well, shall we go finish off that rock, then? Um, unless it looked like it had about 250 feet of uh, rope coiled about it, we might want to uh, use the remainder of our water breathing to get out of here and uh, make good on a promise I made to, uh, well... To bring you back to the land of the wake. Well, I certainly thank you all for your, your efforts. I didn't anticipate needing <laughs> the help so soon, but things are lethal down here, certainly. Although I do lament the thought of missing out on all that XP, it might be wise to return to town and, and seek healing and apparently rope. I mean, if y'all want to take pot shots from about 25 feet away, far be it from me to stop you. It wouldn't hurt to see if it's still there. And he reloads a bullet and gets up and we'll start to walk back. <laughs> Ooh, uh, well, um, there they all go. <laughs> Rixby's no physical stature to stop anybody from doing literally anything. So he just watches. All right. If everyone else is going, I'll also go. Get up and just immediately start walking back. <laughs> God himself could not kill our characters. Gonna live forever. To be fair, numerically, uh, Asher is twice as healthy as when we began that first round of this fight. Oh, so we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. Um, since at this point you basically know where to stand such that it cannot hit you and its touch AC is garbage why don't we cut out the middleman and just have Asher roll to basically see how many bullets it takes and Vargas can take turns with him also shooting into it with his acid doesn't do much damage but it'll help save on the bullets a little oh that's true cool I also don't want to be a wiener but uh, he should also roll to hit just in case there's oh that's fair Ah, that's true. Yeah, because it would take me a literal hour to repair my broken gun if I misfire. <laughs> Thanks for uh, introducing us into that possibility. 
All right. Uh, well, this is going to be great radio. I thought nothing could beat the debate about audit-worthy tax-deductible donations. It turns out something might at least come close. Haha, natural two. Not a misfire. Probably not a hit, though, at a an eight against touch. Oh, that does not quite hit. One bullet down. That dice is going into the naughty zone. Although we can edit out that awful phrasing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, that sounds like a t-shirt. And uh, for the hell of it, uh, Vargas got a 12 with one point of damage. All right. 12 does hit touch. Uh, quick interspersion while this is happening and Asher is shooting. I'm sorry, uh, Vargas is shooting uh, acid out of his hand. Brixby's just going to waddle up to him. Pretty interested in the process with which he's lobbing these arcane globs of acid. And basically you see like his left arm lights up with like kind of holy adjacent looking light. And it only kind of looks holy because it's a holy tattoo that's lighting up. Like if you had the ability to detect holy magic, you might not detect any, but that lights up and then it basically like travels across him like a conduit and comes out the other side as horrible acid. Very cool. My uh, second shot was a 13 against touch for three points of damage. Including point blank? Yeah. All right. Still up. Vargas's second shot is a nine. Is that a hit? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, another two points of damage. Eh. Well, if I can save him some bullet money. Sure, I don't object. Uh, 18 on the die, so 24 against touch. Ah, oh, that, that figures. Ooh, 8 points of damage off that bullet, including point blank. Alright, the creature squeals one last time as it has some sort of noise-making capacity inside its rock-like carapace and with a it splatters out onto the ground limp tentacles everywhere looking just as gross as you'd imagine a giant limp tentacle creature would look well I'll be honest that was a bit gratifying after a much a nine hits injurious. exactly do we think those tentacles could uh, like I said this we thing tie them together we might save on one of those things of rope <laughs> you weren't conscious for that part. You don't know about that, <laughs> right? We mentioned rope. chip, chip, chipping away. That coral doesn't know why we need the rope, but he mentioned it. I was told about the rope. Oh. Well, um, you've exacted your um, questionably judicious vengeance. Mean. Kidding, kidding. I know how you feel when I say things or phrase things that way. We murdered that rock. Good. Um, do we want to check it? Check beyond it. Belief. No, I have. As much as I enjoy the desert, I would rather return fully revitalized than proceed forward in our current condition. There could be more of those things there, or something even worse. That's wise. Um, I guess if the skulks oh, come on this side of the door, if that creature did drop or leave anything, they may not take it. 
They seemed afraid to come even this far. Right. Um, speaking of which, let's keep a healthy fear in those backstabbing weirdos, yeah? Uh, so when we're out of here, uh, shoulders back, chin up, everybody. Uh, do we want to try to drag that robot out? Does anybody have any rope left to tie that thing to? Or? We have nets. I don't know if oh, that yeah, we help do at have all. nets. Yeah. 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 Although we do might want to keep them for money <laughs> to buy yeah. rope and healing. <laughs> I mean, the net's not going to be worth any less after we drag a robot around with it. We don't, I mean, uh, is there a mechanical reason why we like necessarily need a rope? Because we discussed when we were first coming in that with the amount of material that most of us are carrying, we would be walking along the bottom which would allow us to push or pull this item anyway. Nice. Yeah, I guess we could. I was thinking we would need to drag it behind us when we swam because you couldn't have your arms full. But you're right, we're so heavy, we would just be walking across the bottom. Um, I agree. Let's drag this robot out of here. You know, question about dragging that robot. It weighs about 500 pounds. Are you able to drag that much? Kira? I think so. Hang on. I mean, Asher Let's... can drag 450 pounds, and he has a negative one strength. Thankfully, drag is is the best number that you have numerically. Yeah, what's dragging? Probably, right? It's like 15 times your light load or something absurd, if my math is right. <laughs> if it's really that, then yeah, we're fine character can lift as much as his maximum load over his head character's character can lift lift okay character can generally push or drag along the ground as much as five times his maximum load oh wow oh then yeah we're good favorable conditions can double these numbers and bad circumstances can reduce them okay so i mean if it's max times five that is 1500 so if, if it's our, unfavorable, uh, we can still cut it down to like, which seems literally impossible. Wow. Yeah, if our uh, loving and caring GM decides these are favorable conditions. Well, it sounds like since Kara can drag a Mini Cooper approximately, <laughs> we'll be able to <laughs> drag this um, this robot with you. It'll be slow yeah. going, but she'll do it. And in fact, she's get it out of here kind of gung ho about it. Again, she's still very quiet and is like, cool, this is literally one thing to do. Um, and we'll have at it. Probably at one point during the walk back, Bricks would turn to the party um, and go, so, um, this point is significant. Uh, I'll admit that I am personally very interested in it and would hate to see it leave our ownership but at the same time I acknowledge that we are um, in the hole to this weird camouflage lizard person for about 250 feet of rope which is a very strange currency to have in the first place but um yeah so we need money do we sell it and if so to whom? I know Sandville would be interested, but I almost hate to imagine his greasy fingers on this. Uh, would Kira know anyone who might be interested in it? Um, 
could roll a knowledge local? Uh, 13. Uh, with a 13, um, you'd say Garrett might be. Um, Sandville is probably the guy who would be the most prepared to pay for it. And there's there's often vendors in and out of town who would buy something like that, but right now they're mostly out of town on account of there being nothing to buy. If we are anywhere near the skulks when Ash uh, when Brixby says that, he'll he'll uh, say, "Yes, of course I would be interested. I, Sandville, would be interested in that. I have apologized on more than one occasion about those hands of mine being greasy." <laughs> I have increased my hand-washing game, as it were, to negate that negative experience in the first place. Well, I mean, it would make the nickname Old Gracie Sandville moot, which would, I don't know, just be confusing to people that still know you as that, so, uh, yeah. Yes, that's why they call me OG. It stands for Old Gracie. While you get some quizzical looks from the skulks about that one, and and more than a little bit of curious staring as you're dragging the um, robot through their camp, that they don't make any move to stop you. They don't seem to be interested in taking it for themselves or anything. I like how we essentially offered Seth back something that she gave us, and then we walk (laughs) five minutes later dragging back an essentially priceless (laughs) artifact. (laughs) <laughs> yep, that's all we found. Could use a potion, though. <laughs> also, believe it or not, uh, in this thing's stomach, there was enough net- netting to make about six or seven hundred feet of rope. It Crazy. was the craziest thing. I imagine with our slow pace, although with multiple people helping push-pull, uh, we'll hopefully negate some of that. We probably don't have a ton of wiggle room on trudging back along the bottom with water breathing. Yeah, you don't have a whole lot. Um, by the time you get um, back towards the mouth of the cave, um, it's definitely not easy to drag the robot through the room with the stalactites and stalagmites. Uh, the robot takes up the better part of a five-foot square, and you got to kind of bend it carefully around the various curves. And um, once you come out through that narrow cavern, uh, you're on the little five-foot-high cliff ledge above the beach where you first entered the cave. You see the bodies of three um, still-glowing beetles, and the body of Partagar is still lying there right next to the edge of the water. So wait, Sam, you said this is 500 pounds or so, yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, Brix is 300 with a negative one strength. I know Asher is about as comparably ripped as Brixby. The two of us could likely manage moving this thing, let alone Vargas, who I know is stronger than both of us, I think, question mark. Um, yeah, I have a plus two, I think. Yeah, I do. So, like, all of this, just kind of, that is what this is predicated on, but he'll turn again and just say, hey, um, uh, big stuff, uh, I um, appreciate you moving the the robot this far, but uh, you know I think myself and muscles and junk punch got this, so uh, maybe 
And then he kind of just drops that awkward, jocular demeanor and says, um, perhaps you want to carry Potter. Um, yeah, she just kind of stares at him for a while, like starts to say something and can't, uh, and nods and will go pick up um, part of his body. I could honestly carry the robot by myself looking at my strength score. It's five times when you're <laughs> pulling. Hey, guess what? You basically are when you've got bricks and Asher as your backup. So, <laughs> yeah, I just looked. I can pull a thousand pounds if it's five times your uh, max load. <laughs> All right. So our party of junk punch, big stuff, old greasy, and the as of yet unnicknamed but never retreating rat folk drag the defunct robot and the corpse of Partagar out through the narrow and stinking cave walking along the bottom because they've got a lot of heavy stuff with them and swimming is not really an option right now in out through the cave into the weeping pond and back up to town essentially now you guys are you're up along the northwestern side of the black hill at the weeping pond and you're a little ways from civilization up there but most of the buildings in in town aren't super close but where are you headed with your load (laughs) for lack of a better term i think I mean, Brixby, knowing enough about his party and knowing that everyone save Kira isn't from Torch, you know, Asher might have had a little bit more time in town and, you know, Brixby's passed through once or twice. But, uh, yeah, I feel that be he would defer to Kira. Uh, I can say that when dealing with Sandville, if that's who we bring this to, it's usually best to not drag a technological marvel into the center of town to the market we might want to hold it somewhere and have him come to it possibly keep down curiosity what do you think this is your town i think i know a place we can hide it um sam is it feasible that like any one of these places she's stayed the last couple of nights wouldn't necessarily be inhabited in the next 24 hours i mean i think kira would have a, a pretty good idea of where she can has been able to successfully hide or would be able to successfully hide for at least a short period of time. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, we can... There's a warehouse on the edge of town we can go to. We can't stick it there forever, but it should be long enough to figure something out. It sounds excellent to me. I should... I should take part his body back at some point. But maybe we should get that rope first. And, like, tries to joke. It's minimally effective. It goes over probably about as well. Or we all give it like, eh. <laughs> eh. You've really got your friend just over your shoulder there, dead as hell. Right. Um, that's internal. Definitely. Definitely not <laughs> spoken externally. Uh, Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, all that I've said aside, clearly this is a more pressing matter. Gesturing up towards you. The, the robot can wait. It has for untold time before we found it. If if you feel you have to handle this first. But if you'd like to get this squared away and hidden so we can do whatever we'd like. I mean, it's it's your show, big stuff. Um, let's let's get rid of the robot. I don't I don't know what I would say to them yet. I'm trying to think if that makes sense. 
out of character. I was like, wait, but is she cool just dragging this body around? Huh. I mean, there's not really danger now that we're back in town. You can take the body to the cemetery and they can take the robot. Yeah, that's probably the most realistic thing is she'd want to ditch. So if we're cool with that. Are you going to do um, anything to conceal the fact that you're dragging a uh, person-sized robot through town? Or are you just dragging that thing in the open? I mean, I don't have anything to conceal it with, save a bedroll. Which seems like a real push. Well, it was only like five feet tall. Like, you could throw like a blanket. I'm assuming like a bedroll. You'd have like a blanket. <laughs> like, toss that over it. I'm just imagining... We can weaken it Bernie's the robot instead <laughs> of Asher. Why not? Just <laughs> slap those sunglasses on the robot. My leg over all three of our shoulders. We're all I'm good. I'm just imagining this blanket behind you with a robot arm clearly sticking out of it that you're holding on to making this awful scraping noise as you drag it across the cobblestone. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, I would... I would be down to find any way to conceal it. But again, I'm, I don't think I can really cover it with a bedroll. Um, I mean, does anybody have a blanket in their gear? Bricks doesn't have one. I have one. I assumed you might want that. <laughs> Roll up the front of the body. Yeah, I mean, you could just put Parta in between two bedrolls and we could take the blanket. <laughs> Sorry, oh, the longer we wait and talk this over the worse it's gonna get take off my chain shirt and try and put it over the robot <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this is helping much at all but I have you could give it your hat <laughs> <laughs> now this is just Johnny 5 here uh, um, he's definitely alive are you sure you don't want anyone to go with you Kira we could just hide this, too. You don't have to do what you're doing alone. I kind of think I do. Um, but I'll, I'll meet up with you guys and help with the robot as soon as I can. Just follow the awful scraping sound as we trudge <laughs> through town. You sure you don't want a, a blanket or anything? You guys should take the blanket. She just unrolls Barta from it, throws it over the robot. <laughs> it's, it's, this is what she would have wanted. She always said, if I go, I want to go uncovered and use, use any coverings for whatever mechanical creatures you find. You know, at the time, it, it just didn't make any sense. She did always say that. How did you know? I thought it was just an idiom, but so specific. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll use that blanket um, that Parda isn't using for the robot, for sure. And then the three of us will come up with an excellent story as to what's under it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a surprise for the mayor's birthday. <laughs> All right. Um. Hey, look, it's the torch. No, you can't look under there. <laughs> Just know that it is. Trust us. Metal arms sticking out that I'm dragging. That's uh, me. <laughs> under that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you definitely get a lot of stares from people on the streets people looking out windows as the three of you drag slowly a screeching blanket covered mass uh, through the streets of the town and um yeah there's definitely people watching and talking to each other but not not really accosting you or anything they're letting you go through. 
And Kira's getting kind of similar reactions from people who see her with Parda, but it's more of a, it's much more of a solemn kind of whispering and, and looks in that case, and people taking off their hats. And, and she definitely seems like as you pass through, that, that people knew, know who she was and are kind of recognizing what they're seeing as like kind of a big deal that you know, someone from the town who went under really is dead. This is kind of the first appearance of, of a dead body from under uh, under the hill, and it's kind of a sobering thing for the people of the town to see. And it's not a short walk. <laughs> what time of day is it? We went, we went under, and it was like the afternoon or something? It's been almost six hours. Was it nightfall? Um, yeah, it's probably, at this point, just starting to get dark. And it, you're in late summer, so the sun stays up fairly late still. Uh, but it's, you know, starting to sink, and the, the sky is definitely heading towards orange. And the town's a little bit quieter than it would have been earlier in the day. I was going to ask, can I say that I drew them a map? in the ground because you don't know where you're going yeah i would i would say um <laughs> you can have told them where to go yeah pointed or given them some kind of um indicator as to what warehouse was the one to hide in it's canonical that you have artistic abilities that aren't reflected in skill points but it is canonical that's true you drew a glitter map on the ground <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> some pocket glitter, glitter dumped out. You just threw the glitter on the ground, and the uh, scorpion came out and drew the map. <laughs> it's very artistic. Awesome. And so I think we'll handle the Kara scene, taking Parda's body over to uh, the Restlands or the uh, Temple of Phrasma. Uh, it's a little bit closer by, and it's definitely quicker going for her, just carrying the person. So. Um, as you approach with Parda over your shoulder, and definitely a little bit of a following at this point, several people were interested enough to start walking along behind Kara, and, and probably one or two would have come up to her a- along the way and, and offered to to take Parda for a while to help carry her or carry her for her. Would Kara have let anyone of the townsfolk? Nope. I think she you know, would have been respectful. Just, It's okay. I, I got her. Thanks. I don't think anybody's going to fight about it. They'll sort of respectfully back off and, and walk with you. So by the time you get to the Temple of Phrasma, the old Greek gravekeeper, Mylon Radley, comes out to see a, a small crowd at this point of uh, people with their hats off, of sullen-looking farmers, and with Kira standing in the front her half-orc friend draped over her shoulder. Mylan rests his hand on his holy symbol of Phrasma that's hanging on his chest. He sort of steps down the stairs and he says, What is this, my child? I... It's, um... It's Parda? It's my... She got hurt. She... She died. I think she went down with with one of the groups in the cave and we couldn't find anyone else, but we found her and she... I didn't. I didn't know where else to take her. He he nods um, and holds his hands out. And this is this is an ancient human man. Like he looks like he's got to be his late eighties, pushing ninety. But all the same, he holds out his hands um, to to take 
Carter from you? Um, yeah, I think she like almost hesitates for a minute and then kind of realizes what she's doing. She's like, sorry, I, what are you going to do with her? So I will perform the rites as the, as the Lady of Grave mandates. And I will, I will make sure to arrest the, the flow of time upon her body so that she may be preserved until we are able to have an appropriate ceremony in a, a memorial for her as as all lives deserve when they depart this plane for the, the boneyard beyond. Okay, yeah, that's um that's what I would have done too. And again it's like <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding, I don't uh yeah, here. Thanks. Can you can you take her? Uh, worry not. I'm stronger than I look, child. He'll hold out his hands and accept the body and, and sort of just gently put her, her down on, on the ground at the bottom of the steps and kneel down over her, closing his eyes and, and muttering a prayer to Phrasma while holding his holy symbol. And it'll glow with this weird sort of gray light and her body will be completely enveloped and then it fades and... Um, you know, she looks just the same. He clearly did something magical. And he um, nods and does the symbol of the spiral, uh, opens his eyes once more, and carefully, rather painfully, uh, pushes himself back up to his feet and says, Well, I can keep her here in, inside the temple, and we can schedule a, a, a proper funeral and a burial. We have plenty of space in the, the graveyard behind the temple. Is there an, anything any of you wish to say uh, for, for this this friend of the town, this Parda? Yeah, yeah, I should, I guess I could say something. Um, Parda? Hi. It's me, it's, it's Kira. We're friends from before. Um, I, I just wanted to say thank you. And I'm sorry that I, I couldn't help you, but I remember what you said about helping other people and, well, I guess now I can do that for both of us. Uh, and she'll, yeah, step back from the body, I think, and probably turn away from people. And then a, a few of the other townsfolk will, will say like brief kind of tributes to her. It's all along the same lines. It seems like she was well-liked in the town. Um, I don't know that people necessarily knew her very well, but a bunch of people have just sort of a mix of generic platitudes and maybe short stories about her to tell. And then they, when this sort of loses its natural momentum, uh, Mylan will quietly uh, pick the body up again and, and bring her into the temple. Uh, I think Kira will hang out for a little bit until people kind of trickle away, um, just like staring after where he went. And like, uh doesn't say anything or do anything, just stares for a little bit. It's like, okay, okay. And she will go find everyone else. Um, so over a, a little ways away, um, slowly <laughs> making their way <laughs> down the streets and um, drawing quite a bit of attention for themselves, but no crowd of followers, at least. Uh, we have the other three members of our party dragging the robot through the or on the way to the warehouse district. Nasha just tips his hat as he drags this totally not robot behind him with one hand. Anybody who looks at him, just, good evening. <laughs> yes, yes, good evening. <laughs> Why don't we just get 
bluff checks from all three of you just to sort of cover the entire situation. Ooh, yeah. All right. Uh, Bricks has a 21. Literally one up to you with a 22. 15 on the die, plus seven. So, the uh, <laughs> issue with this, I have a negative four to my bluff, and I rolled a five. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> wow. It's a robot. That's impressive. <laughs> he just shouts it out to everyone who passes. This is worth a lot of money, guys. <laughs> so, what is that? Yeah. It's the... I got a robot. Robot. We... <laughs> Killed. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think that like Asher has some sort of slick, uh, uh, ma'am, sir. Brixby just says forty-five words in three seconds, and then you know Vargas looks back and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's a robot." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait, it's not a robot. I mean, wait, uh, which should we want to say? Did we say no robot or yes robot? <laughs> It's a robot in a blanket. Yeah, I mean, Vargas is going to say it's not a robot, but with a one. <laughs> so he's just going to... Actually, you know what? He's not even going to talk. He's just going to kind of look nervous. <laughs> like he's just going to... His eyes are going to dart side to side. And he doesn't an- And he doesn't he answer. people away if they don't looking. have anything here. <laughs> I assume Kira can just follow the trail of people being like, did that guy say he had a robot? Kira should definitely be able to find him pretty quickly. Um, and you find yourselves in a um, rather secluded part of the warehouse district, which this time of day, there's basically nobody around. Other than the um, trail of three quarters of the town following us because they're dragging a robot. Um, Sam, as I know Sandville, does he, he struck me as the kind of guy that would probably want to be dragged out of bed for something of this magnitude let alone probably have his dinner interrupted is he possibly even still peddling his wares at this time of night well he he definitely would have closed up his stall for the night um so he's probably in uh one of the inns in town uh rex will turn to kira so um this spot we've got here um I mean, I could go try to find Sandville and, and bring him to it. Um, but the way I know him, uh, if we drag him out of bed all excited about something we have, as opposed to possibly just casually sauntering by him tomorrow, mentioning offhand we might have something he might be interested in looking at, we might be in a better position to bargain. That said, he might not be willing to abandon his stall. So... I'm willing to look for him tonight. We clearly got to get back under that mountain as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, if if you want to find him, I can probably help or at least put, point you in the right direction. I think we should go back down there as soon as we can. I mean, out of character, Bricks definitely lacks the diplomacy to gather information about where he would be unless he had some idea of where Sandville usually likes to stay or there's just so few town or sorry inns in this town do I know I feel like I would know at least places to look 
Um, I would say you'd probably know um, the inns in town in general, and you know, the Asher knows at least that the what's it called? The Foundry. The the Foundry is closed right now. Um, that's the place that's owned by Connor Bain, and, and since he's gone, um, his his daughter has closed the place up. As far as other inns go, um, let me scroll through my gazetteer. I believe Asher's staying at the Evercandle. There is also there's a just a general boarding house, which is kind of a very cheap place to stay that scavengers and merchants who are staying and just need some place to stay that doesn't cost too much usually shack up there. And that's pretty much the extent of places to stay unless you're uh, somebody booking a, a room at the um, Temple of Rye or at the uh, Chapel of the Wanderer, the Temple of Phrasma. Okay, so yeah, I think Kira would list a few places. All of those places. I, he doesn't seem the type to stay at a temple, but I don't know him that well. No, uh, he's a traveler, so he's, uh, he's comfortable with modest accommodation. I think um, wherever you find merchants, travelers, Staying on a conservative dime, you likely find Sandville. He, uh, holds on to those purse strings, though. Might be willing to let him go when he sees what we've got under this blanket. Well, I'm happy to head into town and drag him out of bed. Okay, the, um, the boarding houses actually aren't far from the warehouse district. It's just a, a few blocks over to the west. They're sort of on the, the west end of this plateau that the town sits on yeah uh we can start at the boarding houses before uh the party would head out asher would want to pull brixby aside and, and say brixby i i believe i owe you an apology for my behavior before i before when you called me what you did uh i may have stormed off and well my people we we pride ourselves on bravery and righteousness, and I, I didn't exhibit either of those things. On well, quite the contrary, we have a saying: "Nasuva ein rodev rasha vatsadikim kikfir yivtah," which means the wicked flees when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And well, I should have trusted that my luck would hold true, and instead I, I left you in a square, as they say. Well, your life on the line, and now I have been the one who's been dragged out from the brink of death. I won't make that mistake again for any of you. As long as it takes to light this torch, you have my gun and whatever else I can offer. Well, um, it's I that owe you an apology. I spoke flippantly. You see, my my people, the Yusoki, have a saying. It's, it's much less eloquent, but it's the... Uh, Smart rat lives to scuttle another day. Uh, bravery has never played a large part in my measure of a man. But you, Asher Halik, are as bold as a lion. I'm pleased to know your gun is on my side and the, the people of Torch are, are lucky. We all are. Now, let's sell this twisted pile of metal. Get back under that mountain. Yes, I believe we should pay old Greasy a visit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
right, and as you head over to the boarding house, which is a collection of nine buildings, sort of nine small buildings built around a small park um, along the edge of this plateau that the town sits on. Uh, there are plenty of lights on in the various windows, but my lights are about to be out because it's about a thousand o'clock, so I'm going to bed. property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. The sanctity of Parda's funeral with the uh, creepy grave people who seemed really nervous and shifty when Kira asked him what he was going to do with the body. <laughs> yeah, definitely not going to put it on another robot and make it fight other corpse robots in a BattleBot style thing I got going on with the whole Phrasma Bry crossover. Normal corpse things. Why do you ask? Oh, boy.